0: Uh, Our guest speaker come up in a minute. Um, His name is Naeem Fazal, and he uh, is not American. That would be a weird American name, right? Uh, He is now. He's been living in the States for a long time, but he's going to share his story with you. But he is the pastor of Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Started it himself, him and his wife, about 16 years ago, and uh, they're doing great. And I have invited him to come. Uh, I heard his story, uh, his conversion story, a number of months back and uh, was blown away by it. And I just knew right away that it would be an incredible encouragement for our church for him to come and, and share this morning and encourage you uh, with what the Lord's done in his life, but uh, also what the Lord wants to do in our life. So I don't want to take up any more of his time. So without further ado, would you guys make him welcome as he comes to share the word this morning? Well, good morning, you hope. How are we doing? Good, good. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, grateful to be in this moment. Just want to honor uh, our pastors here, um, Reagan and Joy. Thank you so much for letting me be here and, uh, and treating me to sushi last night. So that was always awesome. So can we give them uh, a hand? Can we do that? I mean, it's... it's uh, it is... It is, uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a good, good thing to have great leadership in church, so thank you so much for that. Uh, all right, so let me introduce myself uh, once again, a little bit of detail here. I am Pakistani, so if you're wondering what kind of na- name is Naeem Fazl, I'm Pakistani, but, but uh, so I speak Urdu, uh, uh, if you want to know, um, but, uh, but then I, uh, I grew up though, I was born and raised, born and raised in Kuwait. In Kuwait, they speak, anybody know? Arabic. They speak Arabic, so I speak a little bit Arabic. But then what was interesting is my parents decided uh, that it would be a great idea for me to be in an Indian school. Yes, Indian school. So I speak Hindi as well. Right. And the curriculum was in English. So I got all kinds of languages. By the way, any bilinguals in the house? Any bilinguals? We got some, okay. How about some Indians? We got some Indians in the house. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. There are always Indians everywhere. There are rarely any Pakistanis. I don't know why, but anyways. So, when, uh, so what's interesting though is that if you're a bilingual or a trilingual like me, uh, English is a very hard language. And so, what's interesting is I've realized that as I'm learning English because it's not my first language, Urdu is my first language. Uh, there are words that I cannot say, and so when I introduce myself, people sometimes remember me as the guy who can't say a particular word. So I'm going to put this word up for you, okay? And you're going to help me out, okay? What's that word right here? Yeah, I can't say that word. I can't say that word. Can I do it? Can I do it? And I did not know I couldn't say this word till I was actually trying to explain this thing to someone. <laughs> right? That—that's that, real life bilingual issue problems. Okay? We don't know how to say certain words. So, true story. My wife and I, first apartment, we were um, uh, we were in um, in South Carolina and One night uh, there was a racket, like it was like like crazy noise coming, but it felt like it was coming from the outside of the, the building, but it was inside our bedroom wall. And apparently what had happened is that a scroll had found its way. Okay, focus, a scroll. Okay, you know what I'm talking about, a scroll. That's exactly what I'm talking about, focus. Okay, so a scroll had found its way from, listen, stop laughing. This is church. Okay, so it found its way from the outside into the bedroom wall. And so, like it, every, like it started getting louder and louder, and, and one night it just got crazy, because apparently, this scroll found friends and threw a party, because it was like it was nuts up in there. Hey, <laughs> eh? okay, OK, So The next morning though, true story, uh, next morning uh, my wife was like, okay, we we have to talk about, let's go uh, figure this out. So I went to the apartment complex office and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna explain the problem to them. So I walk in and there's a lady there, she turns around and this was hilarious. She turns around and she goes, well, hello. Well, by her accent, I was like, she's British. Now, I don't know about you, but around British people, I like to talk like them, you know what I'm saying? Like, how many of you have tried the British accent? Come on, be honest, this is church, be honest. You have. You're like, hello, yes, Harry Potter, you know, whatever. Like, we've done that. So I don't know if I did this, but I think I did. I will, I said, well, hello to you too. And she said, she said, what seems to be the problem? And I'm like, well, I'm in 9B and we have a scroll problem. And then when I said scroll, she was like, I'm sorry, you have a what? And I'm like, Oh gosh. I said, Scroll. We have scrolls. She was like, I'm sorry, you have what? I said, Scrolls. <laughs> we have scrolls. We have scrolls. In our bedroom, like we have scrolls. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you have what? I'm like, Scrolls. I just kept on saying scrolls. And she was like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not quite sure what you're saying. I'm like, Tree rats, okay? We have tree rats in our bedroom wall. Please help us out. And I kid you not, she said, well, we'll see what we can do about that. And I was like, well, all right then. And I left. And she had no idea what I was talking about. I called my wife. I'm like, hey, you got to do this. I can't do. And apparently I can't say it's cruel. And she's like, what? I'm like, whatever. You know what? Just, just do this. Figure this out. And I tell you this is because I think, I don't, want, I don't want you to leave here going, I don't know what he was talking about. Because I believe that, that you might be, some of you might be facing something that you've never faced before. And this morning you're here, you're listening, you're watching. And God wants to say something about that thing to you like there's this there's this issue there's a choice that you have to make and you're like i'm not quite sure what i need to do for others of us you might be in a place where you're like i don't know how this situation in my life or this season in my life is actually going to come out uh for the for for for, for good i'm not quite sure how that's going to work so you're here maybe this morning and you're wondering you know could god be speaking to me and i want to say that i really believe he is in fact, I want you to leave here knowing this, that God wants you to move from a logical faith to an irrational confidence in Him. A logical faith is a logical faith where, where you go, I know what could happen, and so I'm going to pray for that. It's, 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 it's you. It's you praying for the things in your life. It's, it's a logical faith. Right now, you are praying for things, and you know what you're praying for, and you know the, to what degree you've prayed. But the truth is that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So that's the God, and that's the reality that God lives in. And so you and I might be praying in a logical faith and living in a logical faith. And maybe, just maybe, God wants to move you from a logical faith to what I call, like I said, an irrational confidence in God's power to work in you and through you. It's a supernatural power. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a power that does not make any, any sense. See, logical faith is like the, the, the stuff that that, that that makes sense, and then you have irrational confidence. Now, have you met people like that, by the way? you met people like, who, who have, just have big faith? Like, they just believe anything. They just believe that God's able to... Does, aren't they annoying sometimes? <laughs> like, let's be honest, right? You just want, you want to slap them. You're like, stop. They're like, no, no, God can do anything. Like they'll say something and they'll believe something and you want to worry for them. You're like, you, you believe I'll worry. Everybody's got to be doing their part. I'll worry. Okay. Because I don't, I don't think this will ever work out. And they're just convinced that it will. Could you be that? Were you that? Like, did you live in an irrational confidence and then something happened and now you're actually back to a logical faith? Things just have to make sense, and things just have to work out. And honestly, your prayers are really about things just working out, and you, that's what you're, you're just hoping and praying for. That just things will just work out. The season will just end. This, the this 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 person will turn around. I'll get the call back. I'll I'll do this. This is it. This is the kind of life you're living. Could it be possible that God wants you to move from a logical faith to an irrational confidence? Because when you step into in, an irrational confidence in Him, you actually begin to realize who this God is and how he wants to work in you and through you. So here's what I want to do. I want to take you to a passage of scripture in the New Testament. OK, it's uh, it's the book of Matthew. Can you say Matthew, Matthew? Matthew. All right. So if you got your Bibles, if you got it, uh, if you got a device, if you want to scroll through it to it, it is Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter eight, we're going to start with verse five. And the verse five starts a passage, kind of a, a story that is you have, might have heard before, but it's, it's fascinating to me. I love this story because it speaks so much to who we are and how we can be shaped by God to move from a, what? A, a, a logical faith to a what? A what? Irrational. Irrational confidence. So let's just jump right in. It says here, verse 5, that when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to Him, asking Him for help. Let's just stop right there. We'll just kind of go verse by verse a little bit. So what happens here? This is Jesus, and He's entered into Capernaum. He's basically in the middle of His ministry. He's done some amazing things. He's done all kinds of miracles. People have heard about Him. He is not just come out. No, He's been doing some really amazing things. So what that means is, is that people have been following Him, and disciples have been around Him. So He's well into His ministry. People know what He's doing. So what's also happening is that there's a lot of criticism that's happening from the pharisees coming from the pharisees but there is also this this heightened awareness from the roman people that jesus this messiah turned rabbi or rabbi turned messiah or whoever is doing some crazy things the stories of miracles have spread just want you to know that that's the context so the context is jesus enters in and he's doing his stuff so there's disciples there then there are people there who need healing as well okay so let's just do this let's for funsies okay this group is all disciples okay make some noise make some noise can we do that okay great okay these are the disciples this is the people who need healing make some louder noise like come on like you really need a healing yeah because you guys are, you need healing right how much how badly do you need healing yes you do yes you do yes you do you're like this is church what's happening here Okay. Okay. Let's, let's go with the story. Disciples. Oh, okay. 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 There's Peter right there. Okay. Okay. And then you've got the crowd, people who need healing. Okay. 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 We're done playing the game. Okay. We're done. I'm just sorry. So here's what happens. A centurion walks into that moment. Jesus is obviously with his disciples, but also healing people. And what happens is the centurion comes to him and he says this, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, paralyzed, what? Suffering what? Terribly. Okay, let's just stop right there. So here's what happens. The centurion who is not Jewish, he's Roman, he walks into this moment where Jesus is doing his stuff and he says, Lord. He doesn't say, hey, what are you doing? Stop it. He says, Lord, I need your help my servant like i need your help i need you to do something for me which is crazy because if you're the disciples you're like uh okay i thought we were going to get busted why because the guy is a centurion or who's a centurion a centurion was a guy who had 200 about 200 soldiers that would report to him roman guy an official okay so the disciples were like oh we were about to get busted Good thing He said, oh, He needs some help. Now, if you're the ones who need healing, you're like, uh, find your own Jesus. (laughs) Really, you know what I'm saying? Like, get your own. Jesus is Jewish. Like, so Jesus for the the Jewish people. That, I mean, we're not doing this. So He comes in and says, hey, I I need your help. So verse 7, this is what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, shall I come, what? And heal him. Shall I come and heal him? Now, let's stop right here. You're the people who, um, needed healing right okay could you imagine hearing Jesus say that should I come and heal him by the way you need healing and you've been waiting around for a long time have you ever been waiting around in line and then they stop it they walk away oh we're done now you're like you're gonna lose your Jesus right there right (laughs) so these people are like I'm sorry what I'm sorry it's like if you're even blind okay not like if you're even blind you're like hey someone stop him like, I heard him. He said he's leaving. I've been waiting forever. No, let's not do that. The disciples are confused. We're like, we just got here. What, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? But Jesus says, shall I come and heal him? And then the centurion starts talking and he says this in verse 8. He says, hey, Lord, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Which the disciples were like, "A what? Amen. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve that at all. Then he keeps on talking. He goes, I don't deserve for you to come into my roof but just this is funny uh, uh, interesting he says but just say the what just say the word and my servant will be healed which to which the disciples are like uh um, excuse me that's not how it works okay we've been around and we we do all kinds of stuff to, for healings like the one time jesus spat on the ground for a long time and then made mud and he put it on guys eyes like no you don't just say the word and you know it happens okay and then we had the guy walk away and we did this and we did this a lot of stuff you just jesus is not alexa you know what i'm saying like you don't say play healing and that, that's that's not how it works okay okay we, we there's no wireless connection this is a hard line jesus is hugging the leper this is in we're in it this is not like just say the word no 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 so the, so the disciples are like this is not how it works now if you are the ones who need healing, you're like, uh, I'm sorry, say the word and my servant will be healed. So are you telling me I didn't have to stay on the line? Like I could have called this in? You could have had a Zoom call and then then be done? Like what? Like so everybody is confused. Everybody's confused. Like what? What? was going on? Since the centurion though, he's trying to get to a point. He goes, hey, I don't deserve for you to come, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And then he says this, Which is, this is so, this is so awesome. He says, the centurion replied. No, he says, he said this, verse 9. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers, what? Under me. I tell this one, go, and he, what? He goes. And I tell that one, come, and he, what? Come. I say to my servant, do this, and what? He does it. He does it. So he's so the centurion is saying, hey, just so you know, I just kind of just, just so you know, like I, I'm a i am got people who do my stuff for me. So I tell this guy, hey, I'm look, I'm thinking of a falafel sandwich today. Okay, go get me one. He does it. Extra hummus, please. Yes, it's happening. I tell this one, hey, g- g- give me this. It's happening. It's happening. You know why? You know why? Because I have authority over them, and they have to do what I tell them to do. You know why? because I actually represent a bigger authority. I represent all of what? Rome. So they have to listen to me because it's a pecking order. Does that, does that make sense? He's a centurion. is like, I have authority over people, not because I've been given authority, but, but because I what? Represent a bigger what? Authority. And the centurion says this. He says, Jesus, basically, I think you're just like me. And I'm sure the disciples are like, no, he's nothing like you. Right? He's like, no, I think you're just like me. See, I have authority over men. I think you have authority over healing and sickness and death. I think you can just tell sickness to go, and it has to listen to you. I think, I don't know, I don't know, because I didn't grow up Jewish, but I'm just telling you, I've been watching you, and I think you could just say to healing to come, and it has to come. And it has to listen to you because you have authority, but there's more. You represent a bigger authority. I don't know, but I think you represent God Himself. And if you just tell peace to come, it has to listen. Now, exactly, we're like, oh, wow. The the crowd is like, oh, my gosh. And then Jesus Himself, what does He say? What does He say? When Jesus heard this, verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was, he was, help me out with this word, he was, say it loud, he was what? Amazed. Amazed. The word there is tamadzu. Like he was like, oh my gosh, stop everything. Hello. Watch this. Everybody stop. Look at this. He was amazed. And then he was amazed to the point that he actually did what? He does this. He said to his to those following Him. So He says to the disciples and He says to the people who need healing, everyone following Him. He looks at them and He says this. This is, I mean, I just, just, if you're Jewish, I don't know how you're going to take this. But He says, truly I tell you, I have not found what? Who What's that word? Yeah. Anyone in Israel with such great faith. I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Now, if you're Jewish, you're like, uh, I'm low key. Offended, like, what have you met my grandmother? No, what do you mean? All of Israel, like, I'm sorry, when you said all of Israel, you meant all of Israel, like, all of it, like, not, not like you're exaggerating, or you mean all of Israel? Because, uh, you should go out more, like, you're like, what, Jesus use the word themadzu and commends this guy's faith and there are only two instances in the new testament where he uses that word and both of which is commending the faith of two non-jewish people and he goes this is what i'm talking about he's talking about you see this centurion guy he is not living in a logical faith he's living in an irrational confidence He just stepped out of that and into that. He actually wasn't even a part of this, and he just stepped right into that. He said, let me just tell you, this is crazy. This is big, big deal. This is the kind of faith that I am talking about. And then he says this, because the Jewish people are are confused, and some of them are like, I'm not, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I don't like it, I don't like it. Stop saying this. And then he says to them, he says, I say to you that many, Many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown out into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And he says this, I don't know if you know this, but just because you grew up in a certain kind of faith does not mean that you know what it means to step into an irrational confidence with God. Just because you grew up Jewish, it's because of all the traditions. I'm just telling you right now, there'll be people who come from the East and the Middle East and all the West. There'll be people coming from all different places and will sit at the table that you think is so supreme. You think the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Basically, he's saying this is that there are people who can walk into, and maybe it's you walking into this kind of room. And you think, I'm like the outsider. I'm like centurion. I'm like, I'm not even close to being a follower of Jesus. You can step in, you can walk in and go straight to bypass logical faith to an irrational confidence with God. So that means there's hope for us and there's hope for me. That means you can be stuck in a season right now and you can move from there to the other side like that. And all you have to do is you just look at him and say, God, if you said it, then I'm just going to, believe it and if you just speak to this pain it has to stop if you speak to this grief it has to end if you just speak to this sickness God it can be healed I'm gonna believe it I'm gonna believe it man that is the kind of relationship God wants us to have that's why Jesus like this is a big this is a big deal this is a very big deal. Very big deal. See, I'm passionate about this because that is my, my story. My story is that I grew up Muslim. I grew up in a faith that, that uh, if you guys know, it's, it's, it's a faith that's very rigid. And this is actually a prayer mat right here. And this prayer mat is very really a great illustration of the kind of faith that some of us live in. Because in Islam, my relationship with God was on a mat. I prayed to God on this mat in a particular language, in a particular time of days, day, uh, times of day, a particular way, direction, uh, in a particular language. And that, that was it. And so my relationship with God was in this. I said to speak in Arabic because all the prayers in, in, in Islam are in Arabic. And that was it. I think for some of us we live a life even as followers of Jesus in a confined reality where we just go this is my relationship with God and this is it and that's all all that God can do and I didn't realize that God wanted us to move from this to to a irrational confidence knowing and understanding that God is limitless in his ability to move in us and through us so as I grew up in that that's all I knew uh, so I grew up with two brothers and two sisters. My older brother, though, uh, his story is interesting because he um, got accepted from Kuwait. Uh, when he graduated from high school. He got accepted to, the, to a college in the States, in, in South Carolina. And it was, it, was so, it was so exciting for us. But the school he got accepted to was called Spartanburg Methodist University. Right. Anybody know what Methodist means? Right. Well, we did not know. So we are like, Methodist, okay, okay, America, let's go. So we sent him, we sent him to America. No idea, no idea where he was going. We're just so excited, we're pumped. So the next summer he comes back, he gets me uh, one day and my sisters, because uh, I have two sisters and another brother, he gets us and he goes, hey, listen, I want to let you guys know that I am a born again believer. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're a what? You're a born of who, a hoe, what? And he was like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm like, Jesus who, that guy? Like, the white dude, long hair, what? What, what? What, are you do, what are you talking about? He was like, I believe in Jesus, I'm born again, I'm a Christian now, and um, I'm gonna tell mom and dad. So now my, my sisters are crying, and I'm like, I'm like, and I grab him, I kid you not, I grab him, um, pin him against the wall, trying to kill him. And I was like, oh no, you're not. Uh, You're not going to do, you're not going to do anything like that. Cuss him out. It was a big deal. It was so kind of um, emotional that he did not tell mom and dad. So he went back to the States and I was like, you know what? You do your own whatever, whatever. And he's, you're dead to me kind of thing. And we're just going to live our life. And so a couple of years later, Iraq, this is in the nineties, Iraq invaded Kuwait. If you guys remember that, the first Gulf war. So we were in Kuwait, so we were trapped there, and then we just stayed there, and we were there throughout the occupation of Iraq uh, as it took over, and I got all kinds of stories, and then it, uh, then we stayed there through, through liberation as well. And in 1992, I got a chance to, like, like okay, um, figure out what I was going to do. Things were coming back to normal. We could leave the country. And my, my dad comes to me. He's like, hey, listen, you didn't graduate from high school. And uh, what do you want to do? And he said, I can probably get you a tourist visa to come to the States. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. And he was like, you sure you want to go to the States? And I was like, yeah, I do. I've been watching a lot of uh, movies. And yes, I do. I want to come to the States. I want to come to America. So I was like, okay. And so I did not tell him that my brother was this Jesus freak guy. No, because I'm smart. And so I was like, no. So I, I show up and this is funny though. So I actually, I actually fly into Miami. Okay, I don't know if you guys know this. So I'm excited about coming to America and I fly into Miami. I don't know if you guys know this, but everybody looks like me in Miami. Like, I'm like, what? And they're all speaking a different language. I was like, this is the wrong country. This is, this is the wrong country. And they're like no 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 there's the white people live you know they live in the south or whatever you know whatever got, We got be. and so i took a greyhound bus from miami all the way to charleston south carolina where my de- my brother was at that point point. and man i got all kinds of stories because the the, the greyhound bus left me oh my gosh I, I got stories that's why i wrote a book i'll we'll talk about it later but it's crazy story finally i get to my brother this is in charleston south carolina And uh, I know he's a Christian guy now, and I meet his friends, and they're all Christian, and then they invite me to this thing called FCA. Anybody hear of FCA? Okay, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, right? So I'm like, okay, whatever. And he's like, hey, you should come, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, is it Christian? And he was like, yes. I'm like, not interested. I'm good. I'm good. And then he was like, hey, there's just a lot of cute girls there, though. (laughs) I kid you not. That's what he said. And I was like, I'm really interested. I'm really interested. I am. And I played soccer, so. So I show up to FCA as a Muslim, okay, you know, work my, you know, just do my thing. And um, uh, I had a seriously thick accent, so I got no luck there. Anyway, so, and it's not one of those great, funky, cool accents, you know what I'm saying? French is cool, but Indian, I mean, you know that. Pakistani is not hot. Anyways, so I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out. And I started attending, and that's where I hear about uh, Jesus. I hear about this gospel. I hear about the, this, this God who insists to be called Father that sent his son to redeem the world, to re- restore humanity back to him, where he removed this idea of religion, religion. Uh, that we did no longer need to go to a building, we no longer need a mediator, that Jesus was the mediator, and that, that we actually became the building, like we became the temple of the Holy Spirit, that His presence lived inside of us so we could have an open relationship with Him. And that blew my mind. I was like, this is not, God is never that personal. As you have any idea of Islam, Islam, the divine and the humane does not really connect. And so I'm like, this, this doesn't make any sense. God is not that personal. God is not that interested. And he and my brother was like, no, 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 he is. And so I heard the story, heard the story. And then my brother began telling tell me, he was like, hey, listen, if you ask Jesus to reveal himself to you, he'll do it. And I was like, you're crazy, man. You're nuts. It was irrational. I said, you're telling me that the God of the universe, okay, uh, his son, like, would show up in this world for me. And he was like, he'll do it. I'm like, are, you, are, you, you, you should be on medication. You know, like, like, that's what I'm thinking. And then he was like, it, he's, he'll, he'll do it. And he was, his confidence was so annoying. You know, I'm like, he's like, oh, I don't like you, but I like your confidence. And, and so one Tuesday night at FCA, I looked up after, you know, during the service or whatever, and I looked up and I said, you know what? If this, any of this is true, I want to know. And that was my prayer. That was it. I don't even know if you call it a prayer. Three nights later, I'm in my room trying to fall asleep, and this is where the story gets really crazy. I'm in my, uh, in my bed trying to fall asleep, and all of a sudden, something grabs my shoulders drags me and pins me to my pillow like the room begins to change my heart starts racing i feel like death has walked in my body begins to react i'm trying to get out of it and i find something that just paralyzes me the only thing i can move is my neck and and my eyes are open i mean the lights aren't even shut off i mean i'm not even asleep so i'm thinking what's going on What's going on? And so I f- find myself just pinned down, and then I see the room is like changing. It's strange. I feel like I'm walking into a different dimension. I don't even know what's going on. And, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I gotta do something. So I start screaming in every language I know. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm screaming and everything. And then I'm hoping my brother who's in the other room you know, hears me. And so the door finally opens up and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. You know, my brother heard me, but the door opened up and in walks this, I kid you not, in walks this, this demon. Now I'm Muslim. We're not into demons. You know what I'm saying? We're not into that. And so I'm like, this is wrong room, bro. Like, like, you know, like I'm joking now, but I'm like, This is, and first of all, I'm like, how do I even know you're a demon? First, you know, and then this thing starts communicating with me, and I'm somehow, I speak the language, you know, and he's like, he's like, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die tonight, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I believe you. Yeah, you're big. You can take me. You know, like, I'm like, so he comes closer and closer. Friends, I am freaking out to the point. I'm like, okay, who did I take off? Who did I take off? Like, I, did, I said a lot of things about Jesus. I definitely made fun of Jesus, for sure. I'm so sorry. I went to FCA, which is not a good thing because as a Muslim, you're not supposed to go to Christian events. Like, come on, hello. So I'm like, okay, I just ticked off everybody. So it gets closer. I'm like, maybe this is Allah. Maybe this is Jesus. He looks nothing like the pictures, but I'm not quite sure. It gets closer, closer. I am about to lose my mind. And I'm like, what is going on? And at this point friends I am praying to every god out there. Like now I'm like Allah, Buddha, Oprah, Kanye, I don't know, whatever. Like anybody, anyone listening? Help me, you know? So it gets closer, closer, closer and then reaches my bed and let's go. Like whatever was holding me, let's go. And I'm like, what just what just happened? It felt like like something just just snapped and just it all stopped. The room is still crazy. It's still evil. I would get up and run out of the room, wake up my brother and go, what'd you do? What'd you do? And he was like, what do you mean? I said, did you put something in my drink? I'm like this is crazy questions I'm asking him. He's like, what, what, what happened? So I tell him what happens. And he goes, Oh, and he he's smiling. Like he planned this whole thing. Like I'm like, Oh, I said, what, what's going on? I said, this can't be true, right? This is not real, right? I said, I was dreaming. He was like, Oh, this is real, which is not comforting by the way. And so he was like, this is real. And he goes, oh, it's in the Bible. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's in the what? I'd never read the Bible, never held the Bible. He's like, it's in the Bible. Like, like, what do you mean it's in the Bible? He's like, well, Jesus and demon stories and all that. I said, I don't, what? So he begins to tell me that and then begins to tell me what spiritual warfare might look like and what uh, Satan might be doing and this and that and that. And I'm, I'm like losing my mind and I just stop him and I go, listen, I have some serious demon problems, which I, seems weird even saying that. But I just, I need some, I need some serious help. And he'll say, he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, there's only one person I know who has authority over demons and angels. And I said, who? He goes, Jesus. And I go, well, all right then. Let's get him. And I'm like, I don't know why, I, I was like, let's get him, invite him over. I don't know. You know, Adam on Facebook, what, what do you do? Like what, what do you do? And uh, he goes, you wanna pray? And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. So we get on, on the floor, and he's, he says, okay, why don't you repeat after me? And I stop him, and I go, hold on, hold on. Can I just say something really quick? Because I've never really prayed in, in my own language, in my, with my own heart. I've always had to pray a particular kind of prayer. So I just want to pray. Can I just say this? I want to start this, this, whatever this is, and the, uh, just being really real. So my first prayer was, Jesus, I don't know who you are. So I can't say I love you, and I can't say you're the Lord of my life. I don't know you, but if you'll save me from this, I'll give you my whole life. So I prayed that, then my brother prayed for me, amen, amen, it was awesome. And he was like, all right, man. He's smiling, I'm still freaked out. And he goes, all right, man, I'll see you in the morning. And I was like, nah, I wanna sleep with you for a month, probably gonna spoon you. It's just going to happen. And he was like, oh, no. I'm like, no, oh, no, what? He's like, no, you have to go back in the room tonight. I was like, you out of your mind? I did, not, did you not hear me? He's like, no, you got to go back in the room. I'm like, no. Mm-mm. He said, you just prayed to Jesus. I'm like, I don't even know his last name. You go back in the room. You go back in the room, buddy. Okay, I'll stay here. We argue for like 30 minutes about this whole thing. Who's going back in the room? And he goes, you got to go back in the room. You, I'm like, ah! and then he goes, I got you. I got you. I kid you not. He, t- he said, I want to get you a Bible. I'm going to get you a Bible. Go- he turns around and he gives me a Bible that's smaller than this phone. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen those? It's like the Gideon Bible. It's like the oh, New Testament. I never held a Bible. So I'm like, I'm sorry, is this the entire Bible? And he goes, no, no, it's New Testament. I'm like, what you giving, What are you giving me? He was like, no, no, you got this. I'm like, you, you just gave me a Bible for hobbits, and now you want me to go into the room. And he was like, listen, you'll be fine. I'm like, I'm not going to be, nothing about this is going to be fine. So finally, I like, you got to do this. So finally, I go back in the room. I turn off all the lights. I'm sitting on my bed reading John. And you know when you're scared, everything makes a sound, right? everything you're like oh god what is this okay so i'm like reading this i just get frustrated i mean i just i I actually i don't get frustrated i get angry i just stop and go what is going on like i am i just got here it had been three weeks i've been through a war i've been held at gunpoint i've almost starved to death in a war and now i'm having invisible demon problems like what is I'm trying to figure out my immigration. I don't know what I'm going to do. My dad just put me on a plane and said, don't come back. Like what am I going to do? And so finally I put the Bible down. I went, shut off the lights, got back in my bed, looked up again, and I said, Jesus, if I die tonight, it is your fault. It's on you. I don't know why I said that. My second prayer to Jesus. Okay. I put the covers over my head, hoping nothing happened. A couple minutes later, something's happening oh, no, oh, no. So this is like round two. Like, what are we doing here? Okay, so something's shaking me. I'm like, oh, God, no, 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 no. No, I'm hoping it's my brother. But the next thing, friends, the next thing I know, I'm sitting with my eyes open. And there he was. There he was. And he said, I am Jesus. And your life is not your own. I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Amazing. I can't I can't tell you uh, how what I experienced there. All I know is that that he's intoxicating. Like I was looking at him, but I was inside of him. It was the strangest thing. It was I've never felt peace so full and so aggressive. Um, I couldn't keep my eyes off of him, but I couldn't keep my eyes open. And he, I, I knew that in this physical body, I could not be in, in that moment for long. But I was just trying to hold on to it. I'm like, just trying to look and see. And I fell asleep. I woke up the next morning and I kid you not, I had a download. I was like, OK, I'm supposed to be in ministry. I had no idea what that meant um, and that my life was not going to be what I thought it was. And then from then on, friends, my life has not been. And God has done some amazing things in in my family the next year my sister showed up and I think I have time to tell you one more. you guys have time for one more story okay okay so I just want to let you know that I had so many supernatural stories that finally I actually had to put it down uh, in a book so all the stories that I I wish I could tell you about just so such supernatural things about God it's in that book so my sister comes the next year and she gets accepted now she's a Muslim woman uh, with, with who wore a hijab um, all her life comes and gets admitted to like gets accepted to a college the same college at the college charleston and he's coming and i'm like oh, i cannot believe this is happening this is this is uh, outrageous this is irrational okay she gets accepted she comes in and now we pick her up from the airport we pick her up and then she comes and we are so excited i mean i haven't seen her in a couple of years and man we are so so, so glad to be together and so that night we're about to fall asleep and all that and, and, uh, and, and I, I'll never forget this and then right when we were trying to fall asleep my brother was already asleep and she goes hey uh, Naeem, you awake? and I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah and she goes are you like are you like Mahmoud? which is my older brother are you like Mahmoud? and I'm like uh yeah uh, she, and I said, what do you mean? And she goes, you know what I mean. Are you like him? And I go, okay, let's talk. So we walked out of the bedroom, sat down, and I told her the, the whole story I told you. And she flipped out. She flipped out crying uncontrollably, flipped out, mad at me. I can't believe it. I don't believe any of this. I can't believe any of this. I can't, cannot do it. She did not, she stopped talking to me. That night, first night, she stopped talking to me. And we were close, she, she didn't talk to me. Like she, you know, have you ever been in a fight and then you're not, you're like not talking to them, but you're in the same house? It's like, can you tell so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just tell me, just tell me. So I did this for weeks. She was not talking to me, no direct conversation. Tell Mamu to tell me to do. I'm like, what is, what is, what is what's happening? Guys, guys that, that week or week and a half was like, And that that, that turned into a month. It was so hard for me. Because I'm like, what are you, what's going on? I give my life to you, Jesus. And now my own sister won't talk to me. And then I'm like, first of all, first of all, your older brother started all of this. So the guy you shouldn't be talking to is him. Right? He started this mess. So I'm like, why are you not talking to me? It affected me so much. I'm like, what's God, what is God doing? And in that moment, I remember God moving in me because I, I was seeing God move supernaturally, but I did not know that God could use me. And God could, I mean, he was working in me, but it's amazing when God moves through you, right? And so this is like, Uh, About a month later or so people have been talking to her She has friends now who are Christians and all that because she's in college and all that But but she's not talking to me. So we end up. It's a Saturday night and we are downtown Charleston and at a Chili's at a Chili's okay friends. We just sat down. We just ordered some food We're waiting on our food and all of a sudden I hear a voice. I hear a voice that says Go take your sister out for a walk. She's going to come to me. And I'm like, this is the first time I've heard something like that. I was like, I'm sorry. You, who? What? What? So now I'm having a conversation with God, and we're all sitting there. And then he goes like, Go take your sister out for. I'm like, She's not even talking to me. She's not listening to me. What do you mean, go take her out for a walk? What are, you talking, what are you talking? So I'm not arguing with God. We're sitting at this table here, waiting for our food, and she's like, He's like, Go. Ask your sister to go for a walk right now. So I turn to my sister and I go, hey, so you want to go for a walk? Everyone at the table is like, what? You? So my friends are like, we just ordered food, what do you, 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 you want to go for a walk? I was like, just shut it. You want to go for a walk? She hasn't talked to me in months. She goes, yes, and I go, okay, all right then, let's go. I have no idea what I'm doing. So. I walk out of the restaurant, I walk out, the minute we walk out of the restaurant, she breaks down crying uncontrollably. Did I tell you it was Saturday night? There's a lot of people there. Let me just tell you, ladies, here's the, thing, here's the thing, ladies, if you're walking with us and you're crying uncontrollably, the world thinks we did it. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever walked with a lady who's crying uncontrollably? It is, it is like, oh, I, I, I didn't do this. Like I want to hold a whole sign that says, I'm not with her, I, I didn't do this. I didn't do this, and I'm Middle Eastern anyway, so they're like, oh, you probably, what? I'm like, no, no, I didn't, I'm not, I didn't do this. So we're walking, she's crying uncontrollably. I'm embarrassed now, I'm like, I don't wanna be around you, like, what? And I'm like, what is this walk thing, what, what's happening? She's crying uncontrollably. We We walk a couple of blocks, and then I see an alley, and I'm like, you know what, that's the dark alley, it's safe, let's go in there. So I I kid you not, I go in there, I was like, she's like, what are you, what are you I'm like, just go in here because there was no one there. So I am like go into this alley, we're in this alley, and I go, what is going on? And she starts talking, and she's crying, and she can't, I can't understand her. She's like, I don't know, da-da-da. I'm like, what is happening? And then the voice is like, okay, okay, it's happening, it's happening. Come on, now it's going to happen. Let's, let's do this. And I'm like, do what? I don't even know what I'm doing. So she starts talking to me, explaining some things. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't know. And she's crying, and I'm like, and I just grab her hand. I was like, listen, hey, 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 can I just pray for you? Can I just pray for you? And she was like, she startled a little bit, and I was like, uh, because I don't know what to do. And she was, she was like, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess. And then the voice inside, of, you know, is saying, okay, it's happening. I'm like, what is happening? Because I don't know. Someone tell me what's happening. She's like, okay, get to it. I'm like, get to what? What, what am I getting to? Get to what? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? So I hold, I hold her hand, and and I go, um, hey Obia, you know what? I'm gonna pray for you, but you know what? I, 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 I just think that you need to come to Jesus. I think Jesus is trying to get your attention. And so I'm just gonna pray that you would come to Jesus. And uh, if you wanna just repeat after me, you can, but you don't have to, you know, if you have the time, like, you know, like just, you know, whatever. And she's confused, I'm confused. We close her eyes and I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I start praying, she starts repeating after me. Jesus, I give you my life. I've seen, I mean, she just goes all in. I mean, we keep on praying, praying, praying. I don't know what happens. I go, forgive me of my sins, fill me with your spirit. I mean, just the whole thing. And I I go, amen, amen. And um, she, she, I open my eyes and she just falls to the floor. She's on her knees and I'm like, is this supposed to happen? Like this, is this, this is my first one here. Like what? Like that was a serious prayer. That was pretty good. Like what, what's going on? So she's on the floor. I'm like, okay, what's happening? What's happening? And then a couple of minutes later, she gets up and she says, I'm free. I'm free. I know." And I I wish I could tell you stories of next year when my younger sister showed up, and oh my gosh, the story there. But can I just stop right here? Because I could tell you story after story about a God who moves in the irrational. And too often, I think this, too often we live in the logical. And so what what would it look like for you to pray about this need that you have, this season, these people in your life? What if you would pray some irrational prayers? What would it look like for you to step into irrational life? What would it look like for you to believe that if God just said that he would do it? What would it look like for you to, to believe, really believe that that this God who did this stuff and does this stuff in Naim's story, and Naim's family, he's the same God who lives in me. He's the same God who wants me. And it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and same spirit that spoke to me is the same spirit that lives inside of you and could live inside of you if you ask him to what would that life look like because i tell you what the life you want to live based on who you are and what you're capable of logically can't happen but irrationally it can the peace you desire lives in the irrational part And so what would it look like for you and I to step into an irrational confidence with God, an irrational life with God? Just believing, just believing. God, if you just say the word, if you just say the word, it'll happen. Can I pray for you? Lord God, I thank you so much for tonight. I mean today. I thank you for, I thank you, God, for moments like this when, we were, when we're reminded that you are able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine through your power that lives in us to so God you are moving us more and more to believe in you God sometimes we wonder what are, we, what are you doing in our lives the reality is you just want us to trust you more That's all you're doing. Trust that when you call us to live a certain kind of way, that it is the right way. When you call us to do this particular thing, it's not just obedience, God, because this act of obedience will make us into the person we were created to be. God, for some of us this morning, we've got to step into that. To begin to live a life that has an irrational confidence in your love and your power your grace and your mercy That God you are able you are able God I pray that we would no longer be confined to religion but God we would be living in a place where you've you've erased all the boundaries of what is possible in our life god i pray that over us in jesus name